Welcome to episode 7 of the Lock Talk podcast with Karen and Brian. Hi, Shadow. How are you? So happy to have you here today on Lock Talk. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. Thank you. So we're going to jump into this a little bit with uh, with an intro. Um, in the past, usually Brian and I will sort of chit chat and then introduce our, our guest. Um, but you're here with us now. And so we are just going to roll with it. And we um, have lots of questions for you. You are an incredible lock stylist and your work is, it's just stupendous. We had the pleasure of meeting you in Atlanta at the natural hair show. That was like a couple years ago. And, um, and yeah, your, your stuff was amazing to, to watch your techniques. And uh, yeah, it was just very inspiring to be in the same room with you, dude. <laughs> well, and I remember, so I'm, we're gonna take it back a second here. So first of all, yes, welcome Tendo. We are very happy to have you on the show. And second, for those who are listening and those who are watching, um, we met Tendo at the Natural Hair Industry Convention in Atlanta. And he actually had a booth next to ours. And, and, I, and I remember like you were sort of curious and we were sort of curious, you had your products set up and, and I remember your energy was really just, it was very um, warm and genuine. And, and, and we had a bit of a chit chat in the beginning. And then, as I said to you um, yesterday, when we were speaking, I'm like, all of a sudden the show was like on and <laughs> we didn't talk after that. So I wanted to bring you here today so that you could introduce yourself and talk about your experience as a loctician and your journey. And, and let's just get right into it. We wanna hear all the details. I'm excited. <laughs> so Tando, tell us, um, tell us where you're from and your company and, and, and share with us um, sort of maybe a little bit of where you come from in terms of uh, your journey in the industry. So good afternoon, Modlocks. <laughs> My name is Tando Kafele. I'm also go by the King of Lock, the Lock Star. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. I am a 30-year veteran as a loctician self-esteem specialist. Uh, my training comes from the Institution of Locks and Chops here in New York City. And um, I take the responsibility for my reality. And I teach and coach people to love, honor, and respect the hair that God gave them. I love that. I love that. That's a good introduction. <laughs> 30, 30 years. So, you know, that's, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to, uh, we're not, not going to count the years there. I've been you know, in the industry for. I'll be 31 tomorrow. <laughs> um. Yeah, I've been I've been in the industry for 22 years. So, um, you know, 30 years, a lot has changed. I mean, they're pro I, I say that, the, you know, 
the industry wasn't recognized, especially for locks, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, it's, it's, it's evolved so much. So tell me your beginning days. My beginning days, I was a client of Canaps. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Canaps. Canaps was an institution for natural hair and barbering and locks in the 80s. There were three locations and it was started by the master pioneer, Mr. Adamola Mandela, who is the author of Authentic Care. And he is also my mentor. Back in the 80s, I used to get my hair coiled, comb coiled, and I was fascinated with the technique. I tried to mimic it, and there was a word going around that I was good. I wasn't trying to become a hairstylist, but um, natural hair found me. Yes, that happens a lot. I feel the same, actually. It found me too. Um, what's, what's your mentor's name again, so we can hear? Adamola Mandela and Mr. Oren Saunders. So we can, uh, we can you know, direct customer, um, our listeners to you know, their connection. And I've, I've definitely heard of Knapps. I know, I know the company. Um, I didn't realize that the K was pronounced. I just thought it was Knapps with a, with a K as in like knock or you know, yes. uh, not. Knapps is kinky and nappy. Knapps. Oh. Is it K-A-N? K-I-N. I and there we go, Canaps. Very and when Canaps came to a completion, then came Locks and Chops. I see. There's a lot of history and 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 you you know the circle of people, the bubble, the the community of people. We're we're in Canada, we're in Toronto, right? So we were only introduced to this whole industry stateside through the natural hair industry convention and 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 there's such a rich history there you know having met diane bailey and and susan um arlette and and you've probably known them for a long time <laughs> I, I was a little kid much younger being a sponge and visiting diane salon when she was in tendrils and most of the natural hair pioneers um I was like a sponge just visiting their salons and just being around them. That's great. And now you have your own empire, your own company. <laughs> the king of locks, hello, like <laughs> a kingdom. And an amazing following on Instagram too. Thank you. You be proud of it. Thank um, you. When did you, when did you, um, Talk, uh, let's talk a little bit about your products. Tell, tell the listeners about your product line. Um, I only currently have a hair oil. Okay. Um, it's called K-Oil. K-Oil has been around for about 20 years. And K-Oil is two sides, meaning it's Cafele's oil. And it's also for the coil in your hair. I like that. It's clever. Thank you. And so the, uh, the key fragrance to K-Oil 
is a lemongrass tangerine scent. Mm. And the slogan is, life is not just apples and oranges, sometimes it's tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> I am all about branding and that, that, just, that just tickles me pink. I love that. <laughs> Or tickles me tangerine. <laughs> I thought there were more than one products. At, yeah. at the there was, but um, there's one. <laughs> and you know what? At the, at the end of the day, like things are always changing and evolving, right? So you find some things work and some things don't, and and you're changing. You know, what's the latest thing? Aside from the oil, what other projects do you have on the go right now? Are you just doing clients? Are you kind of, how's COVID like? <laughs> uh, COVID is interesting. Um, it's kind of quiet here in New York, but I think here in New York, we kind of got it together. Like everybody is participating, um, sanitizing and wearing masks and following instructions. I think we're doing a good job here in New York. Good. good. That's great. I, yeah. think it, I think it has changed the beauty industry um, completely. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to stay in the mix. A lot of people have become discouraged. Um, but hair still has to be done there's such an important connection with hair and people's self-esteem, right? They're, when their crown is fixed, they feel empowered. They, they do better at their work. They feel, you know, they just, they present themselves to the world better. And so even though we're not, and I've, I've talked about this, even though we're not a, um, uh, we're not considered frontline workers. We're not imperative work. It's not mandatory that we do our job, but this, the, the mental health component to what we do as, as stylists, as locticians, we're just like, just the next level of important. Definitely. Well, we're sense? basically essential workers. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it I mean I've had a salon for 31 years in Toronto and uh, clients for longer than that <laughs> and to see them struggling in with their four-month-old hairdos and colors all faded out and they're just you know hanging in there and they make it in and and you just feel the weight of the world come off their shoulders and uh, it's a real gift what we do. And, you know, it's, uh, I think it is, it's a huge, huge industry. There's so much positive energy that flows out of our industry into the, the world. And uh, so, yeah, it's great. I, I feel blessed. Yeah. Sando, you had some killer, killer locks, like back in the day. Thank you. My gosh. And you had them light. Like they're, is your, your hair's naturally light, I guess. No. Oh, it isn't. So it was uh, bleached out. No bleach, just color. Oh, just color. You just never bleached color. It. Nice. Miss Clairol. 
<laughs> well, I've been having lots of fun with my hair. What are you doing? I just whacked a whole bunch of it off, so I'm ready for a new look. <laughs> so what would you suggest? I'm, I'm I cut my locks two years ago after having locks for over 20. Yeah. What was the reason behind getting rid of them? <sighs> getting rid of energy. Yes. That I assumed was in my hair. Uh -huh. And maybe I should not have cut my locks and just got rid of that energy. <laughs> wow. I think yeah, make... so, that's interesting because I actually do tell my clients that the energy is held in the locks and, 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 and to get rid of them completely. Um, that's pretty drastic. Right. As you say, you sort of had second guesses about that. Um, I will usually tell my clients <clears throat> also for their physicality, for their physical well-being, the locks are too long and too heavy. You know, I'll do an annual trim for them. And then you can shed that bottom energy, that old energy and just regrow the new. Right. So it's kind of a compromise because everybody's journey is shows up differently. But that's what I suggest to my clients. Because I think that a lot of the energy is just held in our emotions mm. and not in our hair. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that the client has an opportunity to revisit the consultation, not with the stylist, but with themselves. Mm. Like and you should that. Everyone talks about the client having a consultation with the client. A lot of clients have to have consultations with themselves. Well, and we, as I said, during, <clears throat> especially during COVID, you know, shadow work, right? Digging a little bit deeper and, and you know, seeing what's coming up, like certain, looking at yourself with, with, with genuinity and, and, and honesty. Like everybody has faults everybody has imperfections everybody has hang-ups and what are they holding on to what's that energy that they're that they're holding on to that is preventing them from from having a happy and healthy life right toxic relationships toxic toxicity at the at, in, in the home right your work environment all of those things play a part yeah for me i'm i'm super sensitive I'm super emotional. I'm a Pisces. And for me, I just have to manage my emotions. I have to strengthen my well-being and my thinking and let, not let my emotions take over. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's part of why I love what I do because don't you find when you build relationships with people that learn over time um, that they can trust you. I mean, if, if you're doing their hair, very often they will open up about so many other things in their lives. And uh, so, yeah, I, I find that one of the, the most incredible part of what we do is, is building relationships. And, and it's, it's not just a one-way thing. It's, 
like it comes back to you that it's like a circular sort of a relationship and I mean some some days after doing a bunch of clients you know and you just the last one leaves and you just feel holy smokes what just happened <laughs> you know I, have, I haven't sat down I haven't really had anything to drink haven't gone to the bathroom but I feel great you know I feel and I did something really valuable with my day. And uh, yeah, so, there's, there's a lot of therapy exactly. and, um, that goes on. Yeah. But I have to be very careful and guarded of how, of how much of myself I share with my clients. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a dangerous thing if you, if you go too deep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and we as hairstylists, we as hairstylists love to dig a little deep. We love getting personal. I think that's part of why we're drawn to the industry because we're people people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Good. I find I, I always have maintained a sort of a, a parameter, so to speak. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I have become socially friendly with, with clients, but uh, I don't know. I don't ever th think that I've really felt that I was taken advantage of necessarily by anybody. Um, and, and I think it is a danger because of the, the type of people that we are. Like to do this work, you are into people and, uh, and you want to please people, you know? And so it, I think it's that, it's the, the pleasing of people that sometimes takes us out of ourselves and we lose our, our keel. We like, we sort of lose our grounding. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's something that younger, the younger generation really need to understand how important it is to, to sort of maintain a professional relationship you can become friendly, but you always have to sort of stand firm in boundaries in the relationship. You know, you're offering a service. Yeah. Yes. And in offering that service to be mindful that it's a service and you are not to be the servant. Wow. Very true. That is a great point. We're going to quote you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. yeah but again with the conversation of men stylists i think a lot of us don't know boundaries mm -hmm. whether they are heterosexual or self gender loving they don't have a lot of, they miss up on the boundary part. Yep, I could see that. <laughs> and uh, I have a lot of uh, moments where I coach clients um, about that kind of stuff. Um, I talked on a podcast a while ago about a customer who came in and he was a walk-in. And he said, um, I'm here, is anybody able to do my hair? I was available, 
And I said, um, I can take care of you. And he said, no, thank you. I said, what happened? He said, I don't want a man doing my hair. I said, okay, I can still take care of you because I'm not a man. I'm a hairstylist. I'm Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> and so oh, I had to coach him that you can have preference, but it's the way that you speak it that it doesn't offend. Yeah, exactly. Oh, very good point, yes. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. Absolutely. <clears throat> very good advice. So yes, um, educating clients, customers, stylists, and just being really careful of how we speak to each other mm -hmm. and how we interact with each other. Um, a customer comes in, just smile, you know? Just smile. Mm -hmm. Little things like that, that are so often overlooked, but can make such a difference in someone's conversation or their day or the rest of their day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm thinking about starting a podcast and I'm, working on a book good that's wonderful yeah. i i think that in light of everything that's going on and, and and a lot of people feel the same that we're not everybody's coming out of this whether it's good or bad we're all coming out of it different we're all coming out of it evolved and, and uh, you know having learned about our own personal you know we're doing shadow work right what is it that makes us happy? What is it that will really, we're, we're taking life, you know, more seriously at the same time. When I say more seriously, I mean, we are reevaluating our, our values and what's really important to us. So a book, that's really great. And a podcast, welcome. <laughs> we're, we're new at this too. <laughs> Can you talk about it? Um. The podcast will be, I haven't uh, copywritten the name of it yet, so I don't want to speak the name, but it's just about honoring people in the community who are doing anything positive, mm -hmm. whether you're a mother, a parent, a tutor, um, you teach uh, physical fitness, you teach uh, vegan cooking, um, you're a handyman, whatever you do, whatever, anything that you do as a contribution back to the community in a positive sense, I want to give you a voice. Good. That's wonderful. Uh, that sounds the great. The book will be, um, hopefully, it will be very personal. Um, very personal, coming from a place of vulnerability um, sharing myself um, like I've never shared before about my journey as a um, black man in the natural hair industry. Mm -hmm. mm. And, and so that, um, a lot of my natural hair experiences 
sometimes have been very unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm getting a coffee right now. I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel, so when you say as a man in the natural hair industry, that there were hangups along the way, there, were, there was a lot of difficult challenges, did you... Can you, can you elaborate a little bit about that? Or is it just for the book? We'll wait for the book. In a nutshell, men run everything, except natural hair. <laughs> except men run everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was just determined that I needed to have a voice in this industry. So why is it the natural hair industry in particular that is female driven? That's the one space where women get to lead the conversations. Hmm. They lead the product lines, they lead the hair shows, they lead the panel discussions, um, all the meetups are female driven and us men are usually not even invited. Hmm. We're not invited, we're not allowed or asked for our opinion. And it's us men who wear our hair natural first. Mm -hmm. So I was, my experience as a stylist, which is different, is because I was mentored by two men who also who set a standard um, and settled for nothing but excellence. But they were very um, self-expressed in their own right. If you've ever met Mr. Warren Saunders or Mr. Adamola Mandela, two very outspoken gentlemen. Okay. So, so if, you've ever, if you ever get an opportunity to meet or hear them, I'm sure that you will see um, a combination of both of them. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's great. You, you do. When you, when you have more than one mentor, you have all of the, you know, different people in your life. You, you take from them and, and yeah, you are inspired by them. So there are parts that you show up in yourself that relate to that, to what you learned from them. I, I find that very interesting still because the how do I, how do I, the natural hair industry versus the rest of the hair industry, if you will, the, the industry that I, I've only known up until the last few years has still really been male driven at the top. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Brian, like the Allied Beauty Association, right? When you would see, when you would see a lot of platform artists, like the men would be on the stage and, 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 and leading, um, you know, definitely there's some women, but it, it, at the top of their game, but I just find it very interesting that specifically when you're referring to the natural hair industry, that it is really women driven. And, and, and I'm learning about that. Yeah. yeah. I find that really interesting too. 
um, in Canada and in other parts of the world, I think, yeah, it's definitely men at the top that are calling all the shots. And I just assumed it would be the same with the natural hair industry. So yeah, that's, that's very interesting. So you found that uh, kind of a hard situation to sort of break through. It was definitely challenging. Hmm. There's a lot of men in natural hair who can do the mechanical, but they don't create a vision for themselves as a stylist. Hmm. And that was very important for me to create a vision for who I wanted to be as a stylist. So when you say vision, do you mean the style of work as well as the business model? Is it like a, a fully rounded experience you're talking about? Or is it more a style that you're talking about? I don't feel that a lot of men in the natural hair industry can communicate the culture. They can do the mechanical, they can do hair, but ask them to come on the Mod Locks podcast. Mod Talk. <laughs> That's okay. I, you know, <laughs> and Noggin Oil and World Hair Skin, we're like a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Continue. And the communication is challenged as well. I just feel like a lot of men don't practice enough communicating the culture in this industry. I see, I see. The mechanics versus really like, you know, locks as just doing the service versus really the philosophy behind it and the history and, and really the energy behind it. Is that, is that what I'm trying, yes. what I'm getting? I just, I just mean polished in their speaking. Okay. Mm. You ask, you ask, make 10 phone calls to 10 different salons mm -hmm. and ask each person, what is the definition of hair? Okay. And see if they can answer you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that everybody's uh, going to have a different answer. There's only one. And what is the answer? Hair is protein. <laughs> yes, the science of hair. <laughs> keratin protein. Huh? Keratin protein. I don't know about keratin. <laughs> no? I don't know. But it's protein. It's so protein. That's, 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 that's the baseline science of hair. <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and, you, and so a lot of stylists really need to be educated about what is hair and what it, uh, and not just how to take care of it, but what else do you think that the stylist It depends on who you want to be in the industry. You can be a loctician. You can be a lock stylist. You can be a magazine stylist. You can be an educator. You can be a competition stylist. Um, everybody doesn't want to teach. Everybody doesn't want to speak. It just depends on who you want to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. But I know that for myself, I needed to be or try to be any and everything. 
Mm -hmm. And I wanted um, to start coaching men to be a part of the conversation. That we're not telling women we want the stage, but we'd like to share it. Mm-hmm. And that our men and that our voice as men is important too. Mm-hmm. So do you think things have changed since you started? Be a little more specific. How much has changed? Um, how much change has uh, occurred since you started in the industry, would you say, as far as that goes? As a black man? Yes. It's, it's still challenging. I don't see a lot of, um, I see a lot of black men who can do the uh, mechanical, but they haven't created a voice for themselves in the industry. And of course, we're talking about natural hair stylists versus barbers. I wouldn't say versus. Okay. I just think men in general. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I have good relationships with the barber industry and the barbers who are at the top of their game are extremely well-spoken, um, can stand on any stage and educate barbers and um, clients, potential clients, customers. Um, what's the word that I'm thinking of? When you're not a stylist, you are a... When you're not a stylist? When you're speaking to the community, who are they? An influencer? An educator? No. Uh, my, my vocabulary has... Escaped. Um, yeah. <laughs> the little people. <laughs> the the customers who who do we call them? Clients. When you teach a class, you speak to professionals and you speak to consumers. Consumers, okay. That's an old-fashioned word. <laughs> a job. Yeah, I, I just I just um there's lot there's not enough men in this industry who will take the baton and want to step into leadership. Mm. Mm. Leadership is a very scary thing because leadership is not popular. So if you're, coming into the, if you're coming into the industry to be liked, you're really not ready for leadership. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that a good leader, you're always going to have pushback, yes, but a good leader will inspire people and, and, and help them and guide them, and they will be liked for that. Yeah, but there's not a lot of room for truth tellers. Ah, I disagree. We okay. need more truth tellers. Ask, ask Jesus. <laughs> I think that's another show. <laughs> and we'll get him on too. We'll have a four-way conversation. You know, Jesus never had a comb in his robe. <laughs> Just say. Locks. I don't know. Another conversation. <laughs> well, I think that, that was, this is a good point to like kind of maybe sort of wrap up um we are getting short of time this has really been an interesting 
and, and, and lovely conversation. And, and it's given me a lot to think about because, you know, I, I didn't realize or think that, that there was a lack of male representation, <clears throat> but I think that everybody's journey is personal and your own perspective of how you see the world is your perspective, my perspective, we are, who, who's to say that one is right and one is wrong? Your truth is your truth. And so I appreciate that you are helping other men in the industry to thrive and giving them an opportunity to share their voices because it is about a global family. And, and that is why we're doing Lock Talk, right? It's, it's to get different perspectives and to show that, you know, maybe I didn't see something that, uh, you know, you're introducing me to, and now I will take that information and, and, and keep it and use it for a rainy day. <laughs> yeah, it's so important to identify your passions and uh, work hard at what you need to develop. And uh, I think what you're doing is phenomenal. And uh, the truth that you're, you're trying to sort of get out there and make more prominent in the industry is, is really important. So definitely appreciate that. And uh, so good luck with your book and with the podcast. Yeah. Forward to getting more information about that. Is there, are there anything, is there anything else you would like to add? Like your, your Instagram handle, your social media platforms, ways to get I am, I, on social media, Instagram, the King of Lock, L-O-C. Um, it's basically a tribute to Michael Jackson, the King of Pop, the King of Lock. Awesome. Okay. That's cool. Again, you know, where branding comes from and where ideas come from. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tendo. It was beautiful to have this conversation and we will be in touch. This conversation is way too short for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you have your podcast, we'll be sure to jump on yours and continue the conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Lock Talk with Karen and Brian. 